Royalties Promotional Podcast. Episode 7, Fraud and Computer Crimes. Fraud, Chapter 32, will be our starting point. So let's head right into those definitions. Financial Institution. Any organization held out to the public as a place for deposit, savings, or investment. Property. Once again, means real property. Tangible, intangibles, and representation of value. Service. Labor, public utilities, transportations, lodgings, restaurants, entertainment, and property rentals. 32.02 defines how value is calculated. First, you look for the fair market value of the stuff at the time of the offense. If you can't ascertain the fair market value, then look for the cost of replacing the stuff within a reasonable time after the offense. And if you still can't ascertain the value, it's a Class A amount. If the stuff comprises documents, then the value is the amount due if the document is evidence of a debt. Otherwise, it's the greatest amount the owner might lose. If you have a legal interest in the property, or you partially paid for it, then your interest or amount paid is deducted from the value. 32.03 tells us that we can aggregate amounts illegally obtained pursuant to one scheme or course of conduct. Skipping over to 32.21, we have the offense of forgery. First, I need to tell you that I discovered something about the word utter. I never knew it had a definition other than just making sounds with your voice. But that doesn't really make sense in the context it's used here, so I looked it up and found this definition. To put notes, currency, etc. into circulation. Specifically, to circulate something such as a forged or counterfeit note as if legal or genuine. Example, utter false tokens. Means to put false tokens into circulation. Now that we know this fascinating bit of information, forgery was, is where you alter, make, complete, execute, or authenticate any writing, recorded information, or symbol of value, so that it purports to be the act of another who did not authorize the act, or a copy of an original that does not exist, or executed at a different time or place, or executed in a different sequence. You can also commit forgery by issuing, transfer, publishing, passing, or otherwise uttering a writing that is forged. So putting a forged writing into circulation is forgery. Last, it's also forgery to possess a writing that is forged with intent to utter it. You also have to intend to defraud or harm another by your forgery to make it an offense. And this intent is presumed if you do a forgery thing with two or more government records. One forged government record means they have to prove your intent to harm or defraud in some way. But two, well, clearly you intended to harm or defraud someone walking around with two forged government records. Next, we have criminal simu simulation under 32.22. You criminally simulate if with intent to defraud or harm someone, you make or alter an object so that it appears to have value because of age, antiquity, rarity, source, or authorship it does not have, 
or you possess such an object with intent to sell, pass, or utter it, or you authenticate or certify such an object as genuine. 32.23 is trademark counterfeiting, and first let's get the definitions out of the way. Identification mark equals a data plate, serial number, or part identification number. A protected mark is an identification mark plus registry with the Secretary of State, registry with the U.S. Patent Office, registry under the laws of another state, or protected by Texas or federal law. Counterfeit mark is a mark that is identical to, identical or, to or substantially indistinguishable from a protected mark when its use or production is not authorized by the owner of the protected mark. Retail value. Peckerwood Pete's regular selling price for a counterfeit mark or item bearing a counterfeit mark, unless it's merely a component. Then the value is a regular selling price for the finished product. Time for the offense. Pete commits an offense if he intentionally manufactures, displays, advertises, distributes, offers for sale, sells, or possesses with intent to sell or distribute a counterfeit mark or item that bears a counterfeit mark, or he knows or should have known that it bears one. If Pete has a state or federal certificate of registration of intellectual property, the certificate is prima facie evidence of the facts stated in the certificate. D is completely superfluous, since 32.03 already allows for aggregation in this chapter. That brings us to 32.24, stealing or receiving stolen check. Pete commits an offense if he steals an unsigned check or receives it with knowledge that it has been stolen and with intent to use it, sell it, or transfer it to a person other than the person from whom it was stolen. So, if he receives Jenny's check knowing that it was stolen, but he only took it so he could return it to her, then he did not commit this offense. Sorry, Pete, I don't think a jury is going to fall for that one. 32.31 Credit Card or Credit Card Debit Card Abuse An unmanned teller machine is not what you'd expect. It's a machine for customers so they can communicate a request to withdraw a benefit from the customer's account. I guess they're talking about those vacuum tube things. A customer convenience terminal is what I would have expected the last one to be. It's a special type of unmanned teller machine that does not involve a person from the bank. Pete abuses a credit card or debit card when he has intent to obtain a benefit fraudulently and presents or uses a credit or debit card with knowledge that the card was not issued to him or has been revoked, canceled, or expired. Or, with intent to obtain a benefit, he uses a fictitious card. Or, he receives a benefit he knows was obtained by abusing a credit or debit card. Or, he either steals or receives a card he knows is stolen and intends to use it, sell it, or transfer it to someone other than Jenny. Or, he's on the other end of the transaction and buys a credit or debit card from someone other than the issuer. Or, if Pete is not the issuer and he sells a credit or debit card regardless of whether it was stolen or not. Or, if he is not the card hoarder 
and possesses a credit or debit card with intent to use it. Or he induces the cardholder to use their card to obtain property or services for him, and the cardholder is financially unable to pay. So, if the cardholder is able to pay, I suppose that, their own, that that's their own fault for being induced. If Pete possesses two or more incomplete cards, meaning something other than a signature is required before it can be used, with intent to complete them, or if Peckerwood Pete's perfectly priced Pastrami Palace accepts credit cards and he furnishes Pastrami to someone who gave him a card that was forged, expired, revoked, or obtained in violation of this section with the intent to either defraud the card hoarder or the card issuer. Or, if Peckerwood Pete's perfectly priced pastrami palace fails to furnish this fine foods after he's representing in writer to the issuer that he did, and he intends to defraud the issuer. Let's try to summarize that a bit. Don't steal, sell, or buy a credit card. Or use a fictitious, expired, revoked, or canceled card. Don't make homeless Harry buy you anything with his credit card. Don't ever have more than one incomplete credit card. And if you own a business, don't let someone pay with an abused card and don't charge companies for things you don't sell. If you received notice that your card was expired, revoked, or canceled, and then you use a card, there is a presumption that you knew the card was expired, revoked, or canceled. Notice can be oral, in person, by telephone, or by telegram. There is also a presumption of when you received the notice, five days after it was sent, if they sent it registered or certified mail, or by telegram with return receipt requested. 32.32. False statement to obtain property credit. Pete commits an offense if he intentionally or knowingly obtains property or credit by making a materially false or misleading written statement. It's also an offense to intentionally or knowingly make a materially false or misleading written statement when you are providing an appraisal of real property for compensation. So if home buyer Harriet is paying you to give her an appraisal, make sure it is accurate and don't lie on your loan applications. There are 10 departments that must help investigate this offense if it involves a mortgage but I'm not going to list them. They're all pretty obvious and either related to real estate or banking. Also, if it involves a mortgage, the Attorney General has concurrent jurisdiction to prosecute the offense with the local prosecutor's consent. If you are a debtor under a security agreement and the agreement forbids you from selling or disposing of the secured property, or requires you to account for the proceeds of the sale or disposal, then you commit an offense by selling, disposing, or failing to account with intent to appropriate the proceeds. Such an intent is presumed if you don't account or deliver the proceeds within 10 days after a demand is made. 32.34. Fraudulent Transfer of a Motor Vehicle As if the requirements under the theft statute weren't weird enough, I'll skip most of the definitions, but you need to know that transfer in this section means to transfer possession, whether or not another right is also transferred. So if you pay for a car and you take the car home, but you don't get the title, that's still a transfer. 
Pete commits an offense if he acquires, accepts possession, or exercises control over a motor vehicle under an agreement, written or oral, to transfer the vehicle to a third party, and does one of these things. Transfers the vehicle to a third party without obtaining written authorization from the lien holder, if he knows the vehicle is subject to a security interest. Transfer the vehicle to a third party with intent to defraud or harm the vehicle's owner. Disposes of the vehicle in a manner other than by transfer to a third party with the intent to defraud or harm the vehicle's owner. Or does not disclose the location of the vehicle on the request of the vehicle's owner, secured creditor, lessor, or lien holder. Pete is presumed to have the intention of defrauding or harming the vehicle's owner if he does not take reasonable steps to determine whether or not the third party is financially able to pay for the vehicle. The fact that the vehicle's owner has violated a contract creating a security interest is not a defense. So if Pete had an agreement with Vinny that he would sell Vinny's vehicle, a very valuable van, but Vinny had a title loan and he did not pay it, then Pete is still not allowed to transfer the vehicle to a third party without the lien holder's consent or with the intent to defraud Vinny, or fail to tell the title loan company where Vinny's very valuable van is located. However, if Pete pays Vinny's van lien in full within 30 days after making the transfer to a third person, then he has a defense but only to the first one, the one where he transferred a car subject to a lien without obtaining written authorization from the lien holder. 32.35 Credit Card Transaction Record Laundering Authorized vendor means someone authorized by a creditor to furnish anything of value upon presentation of a credit card. An authorized vendor who presents to a creditor for payment a credit card transaction record of a sale that was not made by the authorized vendor or vendor's agent with intent to defraud the creditor or cardholder. Pete commits an offense if he causes an authorized vendor or the vendor's agent to present to a creditor for payment a credit card transaction record of a sale that was not made by the authorized vendor or the vendor's agent without the creditor's authorization. There is a presumption that Pete is not the agent of an authorized vendor if a fee is paid or offered by Pete to the authorized vendor in connection with the vendor's presentment to a creditor of a credit card transaction record. In other words, if Peck Peckerwood Pete pays for presentment, the presumption proclaims Pete's no proxy. Continuing on with the 32.41 issuance of bad check. Pete commits an offense if he issued or passes a check for the payment of money knowing that he does not have sufficient funds to pay the check in full, in addition to all the other outstanding checks at the time of issue, i.e., Peckerwood Pete presents for payment a check he is too poor to pay. This is similar to theft by check, but instead of acquiring property, you are cashing a check. Similar to the presumption of theft by check in 31.06, this section says knowledge of insufficient funds is presumed if Pete doesn't even have an account with the bank listed on the check at the time he cashed the bad check, or if he failed to pay the check in full after, within 10 days after being notified that payment was refused for insufficient funds. 
But this presumption doesn't prevent the prosecution from establishing Peckerwood Pete's knowledge another way. This section also has the notice requirement from 31.06, along with the presumption that notice was received no later than five days after it was sent. Pete can make restitution for the bad check through the prosecutor's office if collection was initiated through that office, or he can make restitution through the court or a law enforcement agency if they have a warrant. And 32.41d tells us that issuing a bad check is not a lesser included offense of theft or theft or services. 32.42 is deceptive business practices. Adulterated means varying from the standard of composition or quality prescribed by law or set by established commercial usage. Commodity means any tangible or intangible per personal property, but not real property or representations of value. A contest is a sweepstake, puzzle, or game of chance. A sales contest is a contest in connection with the sale of a commodity where a person can win a prize through a drawing, guessing, matching, or chance. And it's not a contest that is federally regulated. A deceptive sales contest is a sales contest, i.e. a sweepstake, puzzle, or game of chance in connection with the sale of a commodity that misrepresents the participant's chance of winning, fails to conspicuously display a disclosure of the geographical area in which the contest is being conducted, the number of outlets where it's being conducted, an accurate description of each type of prize and the minimum number and minimum amount of each prize, or is manipulated or rigged so that the winners are known before the contest. A sales contest is not deceptive if the total value of prizes to each retail outlet is in a uniform ratio to the number of game pieces distributed for that outlet. For example, three of every thousand game pieces wins a prize. Mislabeled, varying from the standard truth or disclosure in labeling prescribed by law or set by established commercial usage. Pete commits an offense if in the course of business he intentionally, knowingly, recklessly, or with criminal negligence commits one or more of the following deceptive business practices. 1. Using, selling, or possessing for use or sale a false weight or measure or any device for falsely determining or recording any quality or quantity. 2. Selling less than the required quantity or a property or service. 3. Taking more than the re represented quantity or property of service when, as a buyer, Pete furnishes the weight or measure. 4. Selling an adulterated or mislabeled commodity. 5. Passing off property or service as that of another. 6. Representing that a commodity is original or new if it is deteriorated, altered, rebuilt, reconditioned, reclaimed, or used. 7. Representing that a com commodity or service is of a particular style, grade, or model when it isn't. 8. Advertising property or service with intent not to sell it as advertised or not to supply reasonably expectable public demand, 
unless the advertising discloses a time or limited quantity. 9. Falsely or misleadingly representing the price or property of service. 10. Making a materially false or misleading statement of fact concerning the reason for, existence of, or amount of a price or price reduction. 11. Conducting a deceptive sales contest. 12. Or making a materially false or misleading statement in an advertisement for or in connection with the purchase or sale of property or service. 32.43. Commercial bribery. A fiduciary commits an offense if, without the consent of the beneficiary, they intentionally or knowingly solicit, accept, or agree to accept any benefit from Pete on agreement or understanding that the benefit will induce the conduct of the fiduciary in relation to the affairs of the beneficiary. Pete commits an offense if he offers, confers, or agrees to confer any benefit the acceptance of which is an offense by the fiduciary. 32.44 Rigging Publicly Exhibited Contests Pete commits an offense if, with intent to influence the outcome, including the score, of a publicly exhibited contest, he tampers with a person, animal, or thing in a manner contrary to the rules of the contest. Or if he offers, confers, or agrees to confer any benefit on a participant or official, or threatens to harm a participant or official. A person who intentionally or knowingly solicits, accepts, or agrees to accept any benefit prohibited by this section also commits an offense. 32.441 Illegal Recruitment of an Athlete If Pete doesn't have consent from the governing body of an institution of higher education or its designee, then he commits an offense if he intentionally or knowingly solicits, accepts, or agrees to accept any benefit from another on an agreement that the benefit will influence Pete's conduct in enrolling in the institution and participating in intercollegiate athletics. All these words just mean you can't bribe someone to be on your team unless the university convince. Remember Johnny Manziel. It's also an offense to confer a benefit to Pete if his acceptance would be a crime under this section. However, if the person bribing Pete is related to him within the second degree of consanguinity of affinity, it's not a crime. Also not a crime if Pete contacts the police within 60 days and furnishes testimony or evidence about the offense. 32.45 Misapplication of Fiduciary Property Pete commits an offense if he intentionally, knowingly, or recklessly deals with property he holds as a fiduciary or property of a bank contrary to an agreement or the law in a manner that involves substantial risk of loss to the owner. If it's Medicaid property, the Attorney General has concurrent jurisdiction as long as a local prosecutor consents. 32.46 Securing Execution of Document by Deception Pete commits an offense if he intends to defraud or harm Jenny, and he deceived her into signing or executing any document affecting property, service, or pecuniary interest, 
or he deceptively induces a public servant into filing or recording any purported judgment or court order, even if it's electronic. Again, with the local prosecutor's consent, the Attorney General has concurrent jurisdiction for Medicaid stuff. 32.47. Fraudulent Destruction of Writing Pete commits an offense if he intends to defraud or harm Jenny and destroys, conceals, alters, substitutes, or otherwise impairs the verity, legibility, or availability of a writing other than a governmental record. In this section, writing includes any method of recording information, money, or other symbols of value, identification, or UPC codes, labels, price tags, stuff like that. 32.48 Simulating Legal Process This is kind of similar to securing execution of document by deception. But instead of trying to get a court to file a false court document, you're trying to get someone else to fall for the document. It says Peaks commits an offense if he recklessly causes any document that simulates a summons, complaint, judgment, or court process to be delivered to any person with the intent to induce payment of a claim or cause Jenny to submit to the putative authority of the document or take or refrain from any action in response to the document. Proof that the document was mailed to any person with the intent that it be forwarded to the intended recipient is a sufficient showing that the document was delivered. It is not a defense that Pete's document stated that it was not legal process nor if Pete's document purports that it was issued by someone without lawful authority. There is a rebuttable presumption that the document was delivered with the intent to induce payment or cause Jenny to act or not act if the document was filed with, presented to, or delivered to a court clerk. 32.49. Refusal to execute release of fraudulent lien. Pete commits an offense if he intends to defraud or harm another, and he owns, holds, or is beneficiary of a purported or fraudulent loan, lien or claim asserted against real or personal property, and refuses to execute a release within 21 days after receiving notice from the obligator, debtor, or someone who owns an interest in the property. Furthermore, there is a presumption that Pete has the intent to defraud or harm Jenny if he fails to execute a release within that time period. The comments for this statute say Texas Penal Code 32.46A1 That's where Pete deceives Jenny into signing or executing a document affecting Jenny's pecuniary interest applies as a more serious offense to a person who creates a false lien, and Texas Penal Code 32.49, that's this section, applies as the less serious offense to a person who may not have created the false lien, but fails to release it after the requisite notice has been provided. 32.50, Deceptive Preparation of Academic Product. Academic product means any material intended to be submitted to satisfy an academic requirement, which is a requirement or prerequisite to receiving course credit at an institution of higher education. If Peckerwood Pete prepares or peddles papers for profit, 
when he knows or reasonably should have known that his customer intends to submit the paper to satisfy an academic requirement, he commits an offense. If he advertises his paper peddling services with intent to induce Jenny to enter an agreement with him to obtain such an academic product, he commits an offense. I doubt he will have any defenses, though, because they only apply to a university employee providing instruction to students or someone's tutoring a student in connection with the paper without providing substantial preparation of the paper, or someone who types, transcribes, or reproduces a manuscript for a fee. 32.51. Fraudulent use of pos or possession of identifying information. Finally, one I've seen before. We are starting this one off with more definitions. Identifying information information that identifies a person alone or in conjunction with other information, and specifically includes name, date of birth, biometric data, EIN number, routing number, account number, social security number, or telecommunications access device. Telecommunications access device equals a card, plate, code, account number, PIN, equipment, or means of account access used to obtain money or another thing of value, or initiate a transfer of funds. Now that we know what those are, let's check in on Peckerwood Pete. Looks like he's committing an offense by intending to defraud or harm Jenny, and obtaining, possessing, transferring, or using an item of Jenny's identifying information without her consent, and her 17-year-old daughter's identifying information and her deceased grandmother's information, which we would be identifying information if she was still alive, and he is using it without legal authorization. Pete is presumed to have the intent to defraud or harm Jenny if he possesses information from at least two other people. Since he had her daughter's and grandmother's information as well, we've got his cultable mental state covered. Also, if he had information about three or more deceased persons, that would be identifying information if they were alive, or a combination of identification from three or more living or deceased persons, that would also allow for us to use this presumption. This presumption does not apply to a business engaged in a business activity or government agent that is engaged in a government function that does not violate the Texas Penal Code. If a court orders Pete to make restitution to Jenny, the court may order him to reimburse her for lost income or other expenses incurred as a result of the offense, but not attorney's fees. 32.52 Fraudulent Degree Pete commits an offense if he uses or claims to hold a post-secondary degree that he knows is fraudulent, substandard, fictitious, revoked, and uses it or claims to hold the degree in a written or oral advertisement or other promotion of a business, or if he intends to obtain employment, obtain a promotion, obtain admission to an educational program, gain a position in government with authority over another person, even if he does not receive compensation for it, or obtain a license or certificate to practice a trade, occupation, or profession. 32.52. Exploitation of Child, Elderly Individual, or Disabled Individual, CHED. 
Exploitation means the illegal or improper use of a CHED or of the CHED's resources for monetary benefit or gain. Pete commits an offense if he intentionally, knowingly, or recklessly causes the exploitation of a CHED. 32.54. Fraudulent or Fictitious Military Record Military record means an enlistment record, occupation specialty, medal, award, decoration, or certification obtained by a person through the person's service in the armed forces. Private Peckerwood Pete commits an offense if he uses or claims to hold a military record he knows is fraudulent, fictitious, revoked, or never granted to him, or if he uses or claims to hold a military record in a written or oral advertisement or promotion of a business, or uses or claims to hold a military record with the intent to obtain priority in receiving services or resources, qualify for a veteran's employment preference, obtain a license or certificate to practice a trade, occupation, or profession, obtain a promotion, obtain a benefit, service, or donation from another person, obtain admission to an educational program, or gain a position in state government with authority over another person, even if he isn't getting paid for it. Chapter 33, Computer Crimes. Here we go with the definitions. Data equals a representation of information prepared in a formalized manner and is or has been intended to be stored or processed in a computer and can be embodied in pretty much any form or storage. Access is approach, instruct, communicate with, store data in, retrieve or intercept data from, alter data or computer software in or otherwise make use of any resource of a computer, computer network, computer program, or computer system. Computer network, the interconnection of two or more computers or computer systems by satellite, microwave, line, or other communication medium with the capability to transmit information among the computers. Computer program, an ordered set of data representing coded instructions that when executed by a computer causes the computer to process data or perform specific functions. Computer software, a set of computer programs, procedures, and associated documentation related to the operation of a computer, computer system, or computer network. Computer service, the product of the use of a computer, the information stored in the computer, or the personnel supporting the computer, including computer time, data processing, and storage. Computer system, any combination of a computer or computer network with the documentation, computer software, or physical facilities supporting the computer or computer network. Aggregate amount. The amount of any direct or indirect loss incurred, including money, property, and services stolen, appropriated, or rendered unrecoverable or the amount of any expenditure required by the victim to determine whether data or a computer, computer network, program, or system was altered, acquired, appropriated, damaged, deleted, or disrupted, or any amount required to restore, recover, or replace any data that was altered, acquired, appropriated, damaged, deleted, or disrupted. Communications Common Carrier person who owns or operates a telephone system that includes equipment or facilities for the conveyance, transmission, or reception of communications, 
and receives compensation from people who use the system. So that's the company that provides your internet access. Computer virus. An unwanted computer program or other set of instructions inserted into a computer's memory, operating system, or program that is specifically constructed with the ability to replicate itself or affect the other programs or files in the computer by attaching a copy of the unwanted program or other set of instructions to one or more computer programs or fire files. Critical Infrastructure Facility a chemical manufacturing facility, refinery, electrical power generating facility or related structure, a water treatment or intake facility, natural gas compression or storage facility or processing plant, telecommunications central switching office, a freight transportation facility like a port, railroad, etc., a radio television transmission facility, or a cable television or video service provider control center called a head end. Encryption, encoding of data or any other information using mathematical formulas or algorithms in order to preserve its confidentiality, integrity, or, or authenticity and prevent unauthorized access to such information. Encryption service, a, a computing service, device, software, or technology with encryption capabilities. Decryption, decoding of encrypted communications or information, whether by use of a decryption key, by breaking an encryption formula or algorithm, or by interference with a person's use of an encryption service in a manner that causes information or communications to, to be stored or transmitted without encryption. Encrypted private information is encrypted data or other information stored on a computer or computer system and has not been accessible to the public. Owner. Whoever has title to the property, possession of the property, whether lawful or not, or a greater right to possession of the property than Pete, in other words, Jennings. Effective consent is consent by a person legally authorized to act for the owner. It is not effective in induced by deception or coercion given by someone you know is not authorized to act for the owner, given by someone you know is unable to make reasonable property dispositions, a child, incompetent person, or someone intoxicated, given solely to detect the commission of an offense, or when used for a purpose other than the purpose consented to, i.e. you go outside the scope of consent. Harm is partial or total alteration, damage, or erasure of stored data, interruption of computer services, introduction of a computer virus, or any other loss, disadvantage, or injury that might reasonably be suffered as a result of Pete's conduct. Privileged information is protected health information or information subject to the attorney-client or accountant-client privilege. Property is tangible or intangible personal property, such as a computer, computer system or network, software or data, or the use thereof. 33.02. Breach of Computer Security. For this section, I'm going to lump together computers, computer networks, and computer systems and just call them computer stuff. Hacker Helen commits an offense if she knowingly accesses computer stuff without Jenny's effective consent.
She also commits an offense if she does the same thing with the intent to defraud or harm, or if she intends to defraud or harm and she knowingly accesses computer stuff owned by the government, a business engaged in business activities, or in violation of an agreement she has with Jenny, or in violation of Jenny's clear and conspicuous prohibition. It, or if she has the intent to obtain or use a file, data, or proprietary information stored in the computer stuff to defraud or harm someone or alter, damage, or delete property. When Helen obtains benefits, harms, or defrauds Jenny or alters, damages, or deletes property, the conduct may be considered one offense and the amounts aggravated. Helen has a defense if she acted with intent to facilitate a lawful seizure or search of computer stuff for a legitimate law enforcement purpose. She also has a defense if her conduct is pursuant to a contract with Jenny for the purpose of assessing Jenny's computer security. 32.021 Online Solicitation of a Minor Here a minor is someone 16 or younger. So by the time you are 17, you can be solicited online perfectly legally, unless Pete believes you are 16 or younger. As a reminder, sexual contact means touching the bag, remember that's breast, anus, genitals, with intent to arouse or gratify, even if you aren't into it, but you're doing it for someone else's arousal or gratification. And deviate is, sexual, is oral or anal. Sexually explicit is a new one, and it means communication, language, or material, including an image, that relates to or describes sexual contact, contact actual or simulated intercourse, oral sex, anal sex, bestiality, masturbation, sadomasochistic abuse, or lewd exhibition of the bag. If Pete is 17 or older, he commits an offense if he intends to commit a violation of Section 21.02, Continuous Sexual Abuse of a Young Child or Children, 21.09, Bestiality, 21.11, Indecency with a Child, 22.011, Sexual Assault, 22.021, Aggravated Sexual Assault, or 25.02, Prohibited Sexual Conduct. 43.05, compelling prostitution, 43.25, sexual performance by a child, or 43.26, possession or promoting of child pornography, penal code 20A.02A347 or 8, trafficking of persons through force, fraud, or coercion, or receiving a benefit from it, or trafficking a child or receiving a benefit from that. So 17-year-old Pete intends to commit one of these, and he uses the internet, email, text messages, or other electronic message service to intentionally communicate with a minor in a sexually explicit way or distribute sexually explicit material to a minor. Regardless of Pete's age, he commits an offense if he uses the internet, email, text messages, or other electronic message services to knowingly solicit a minor to meet another person, either Pete or someone else entirely, with the intent that the minor will engage in sexual contact, intercourse, oral, or anal sex with that person. It is not a defense that the meeting did not occur, 
but it is a defense if Pete is married to the minor, or he is not more than three years older than the minor. So Pete can't be more than 19 year old, years old for this to work. And the minor, who can't be less than 14 for this to work, consented. 33.022 Electronic Access Interference If Hacker Helen is not a network provider or online service provider acting for legitimate business purposes, then she is committing an offense when she intentionally interrupts or suspends access to computer stuff without Jenny's effective consent. Helen has a defense if she acted with the intent to facilitate a lawful seizure or search of the computer stuff for a legitimate law enforcement purpose. 33.023 Electronic Data Tampering Ransomware means a computer contaminant or lock that restricts access by an unauthorized person to computer stuff or any data in computer stuff under circumstances in which Helen demands property, which includes money or services, to remove the computer contaminant or lock, restores access, or remediate the impact of the computer contaminant or lock. If the software restricts access to data because authentication is required to upgrade or purchase content, or access to a subscription has been blocked for non-payment, it is not ransomware. Helen commits an offense if she intentionally alters data as it transmits between two computers in a computer network or computer system through deception and without a legitimate business purpose. Helen also commits an offense if she intentionally introduces ransomware onto computer stuff through de deception and without a legitimate business purpose. So she can knowingly introduce ransomware as long as it wasn't intentional. When Helen obtains a benefit, defrauds or harms Jenny, or alters, appropriates, damages, or deletes property by electronic data tampering, her conduct may be considered as one offense and the amount aggregated. 33.024 Unlawful Decryption Helen unlawfully decrypts data if she intentionally decrypts encrypted private information through deception and without a legitimate business purpose. However, if Helen was acting pursuant to an agreement with Jenny for the purpose of assessing or maintaining the security of the information or of computer stuff, or she was providing other services related to security, she has a defense. 33.03 Defenses It is an affirmative defense under 32.02 .02, Breach of Computer Services non-consensual ha hacking, and electronic access interference interrupting access to computer stuff, that Helen was an officer, employee, or agent of a communication common carrier and committed the offense in the course of employment while engaged in an activity that is necessary to the rendition of service or protection of the rights or property of the communication common carrier. 33.04 Assistance by Attorney General If the prosecuting attorney requests assistance, the Attorney General may assist in the investigation of any offense involving the use of a computer. 33.05 Tampering with Electronic Voting Machines 
Radka the Russian commits an offense if she knowingly accesses computer stuff that is part of a voting system that uses direct recording electronic voting machines and prevents a person from lawfully casting a vote, changes a lawfully cast vote, prevents a lawfully cast vote from being counted, or causes a non-lawfully cast vote to be counted. It doesn't matter if the votes Radka affected were the ones used in the official determination of the election or not. The Attorney General has concurrent jurisdiction with the consent of the local prosecutor. 33.07 Online Impersonation Catfishing A commercial social networking site means any entity operating a website that permits persons to become registered users for the purpose of establishing personal relationships with other users through direct or real-time communication with other users or the creation of web pages or profiles available to other users. It does not include an email or message board program. Helen commits an offense if she intends to defraud, harm, intimidate, or threaten any person and uses Jenny's name or persona without her consent to create a web page on a social networking site or other website or post or send one or more messages through a social media site or website other than through mail or message board program. Helen also commits an offense if she sends an email, instant message, text message, or similar communication that references Jenny's name, domain address, phone number, or any item of identifying information without her consent, with the intent that the recipient reasonably believes Jenny authorized the communication and with intent to harm or defraud any person. It is a defense that Helen is a commercial social networking site, an ISP, an interactive computer service, a telecommunications provider, or video or cable service provider, or her actions were taken solely as an employee of one of those things. Chapter 33a, Telecommunications Crimes, also starts off with definitions. Telecommunications means the origination, transmission, or reception of data or intelligence over a communication system by any method. Telecommunications service means the provision, facilitation, or generation of telecommunications through the use of a telecommunications device or telecommunications access device over a telecommunications system. Telecommunications device means any instrument, equipment, machine, or device that facilitates telecommunications. Any device that enables use of a modem. Counterfeit telecommunications device means a telecommunications device that has been altered or programmed to acquire or facilitate the use of a telecommunications service without the authority or consent of the telecommunications provider. Telecommunications access device means an instrument, device, card, code, account number, PIN, serial number, counterfeit number, or financial transaction device that alone or with another device can facilitate use of a telecommunications device, counterfeit telecommunications device, or telecommunications service. 
Counterfeit telecommunications access device means a telecommunications access device that is false, fraudulent, not issued to a legitimate telecommunications access device subscriber account, or otherwise unlawful or invalid. Deliver means to actually or constructively sell, loan, or transfer a telecommunications device or counterfeit telecommunications device or other telecommunications material to another person. Publish means to communicate information or make it available to another person orally, in writing, or through telecommunications. And includes communicating information on a computer bulletin board. Value of the telecommunications service obtained means a lawful charge for telecommunications services avoided by Helen. Any property or telecommunications services lost or rendered unrecoverable by Helen's offense. And an expenditure Jenny incurs to verify that a telecommunications device or access device was not altered, acquired, damaged, or disrupted as a result of Helen's offense. 33A.02. Unauthorized use of telecommunications service. Hacker Helen commits an offense if she is an officer, employee, or agent of a telecommunications service provider, and she knowingly and without authority uses or diverts telecommunications service for her own benefit or someone else's benefit. When Helen uses or diverts communication services pursuant to one scheme or course of conduct, the conduct can be considered as one offense and the amounts aggregated. 33A.03 Manufacture, Possession, or Delivery of Unlawful Telecommunications Devices Helen commits an offense if she manufactures, possesses, delivers, offers to deliver, or advertises a counterfeit telecommunications device or telecommunications device that is intended to be used to commit a theft of telecommunications service or to conceal the existence or place of origin or destination of a telecommunications service. Helen also commits an offense if she delivers, offers to deliver, or advertises materials for the manufacture of a counterfeit telecommunications device or device that is intended to be used to steal or conceal telecommunications services. 33A.04 Theft of Telecommunications Service Helen commits an offense if she knowingly obtains or attempts to obtain telecommunications service to avoid or cause another person to avoid a lawful charge for that service by using a counterfeit communications access device, using a telecommunications device or counterfeit device, using a fraudulent or deceptive scheme or other device or means, including a false, altered, or stolen identification, uses a telecommunications accent device without Jenny, who is the subscriber or lawful holder of the device, without Jenny's consent, or pursuant to an agreement with Jenny to allow another person to use the device. When Helen attempts to obtain telecommunications service by theft pursuant to one scheme or course of conduct, it can be considered one offense and the amounts aggregated. 33A.05 Publication of Telecommunications Access Device Helen commits an 
offense if she criminally negligently publishes a telecommunications access device or counterfeit telecommunications access device designed to be used to commit theft of telecommunications service. 33A.06, Assistance by Attorney General, is exactly the same as 33.04 and says the Attorney General may assist the prosecuting attorney in investigating or prosecuting any offense in Chapter 33A or any other offense involving the use of telecommunications equipment, services, or device. That's it for Helen. Next, we go over bribery, perjury, obstruction, and abuse of office.